Today's broadcast of Bagels and Blessings has been previously recorded at an earlier time. Shalom Chaverim, that's Hebrew for hello friends, and Shabbat Shalom, that's Hebrew for Sabbath peace. This is Ethel Chadwick. Welcome to another week of Bagels and Blessings. L'shana Tova, may you be inscribed for a good year. Today on Bagels and Blessings, you'll hear my interview with Rick Fisher. We conducted this at the Messiah Conference in July. You're going to love it. Stay with me and I'll be right back. and Blessings is a ministry of Congregation Shema Yisrael. We are a Messianic congregation made up of Jews and Gentiles who believe that Jesus, or Yeshua, is the promised Messiah. Our services contain Jewish liturgy and Davidic dancing, and we celebrate the Feasts of Israel. We meet at 250 Edgewood Avenue in Brighton, and our services are Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Please join us for worship, and while you are in the building, be sure to check out the Fig Tree Messianic Bookstore and Gift Shop. Now open Mondays from 6 to 8 p.m., Tuesdays by appointment, Wednesdays from 3 to 8 p.m., Thursdays from 3 to 6 p.m., and up to 30 minutes after services on Saturdays. You can call the Fig Tree Bookstore at 585-484-7775. The Fig Tree Bookstore and Gift Shop is a great place for books, CDs, cards, jewelry, and so much more. So be sure to check them out when you visit Congregation Shema Yisrael. And now, when you make a purchase at the Fig Tree Bookstore, you can fill out a raffle ticket. Those names will be drawn for a prize from Bagels and Blessings. So those of you in the Rochester area, be sure to visit Congregation Shema Yisrael in the Fig Tree Bookstore and fill out your ticket for a chance to win a prize from Bagels and Blessings. This is Jonathan Sattel, and you are listening to Bagels and Blessings. So I wanted to tell you a little bit about Rosh Hashanah or Yom Teruah. It started last night, Friday night, September 15th at sunset, and it ends tonight at sunset. The biblical name for this holiday is Yom Teruah, Day of Shouting or Blasting. It's the first one of the Jewish High Holy Days known as the Days of Awe, which you can read about in Leviticus 23-25. This kicks off a 10-day period of penitence, which culminates in the holiest of the High Holy Days known as Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement. So, in Leviticus 23-23-25, we read, uh, and God is speaking to Moses. He said, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you have a rest, a remembrance of blowing of trumpets, a set-apart gathering. You do no servile work, and you shall bring an offering made by fire to Adonai. Rosh Hashanah denotes the Jewish civil new year, the creation of the world according to tradition. It's the anniversary of the creation of Adam and Eve, and their first actions towards realizing man's role in the world, and also the first sin that was committed, resulting in repentance, a day when Adonai takes stock of all of his creation, which includes everyone, all of humanity. And it was also 
a rehearsal for the day when the bridegroom will come to claim us, his bride, who are betrothed to him, when Yeshua will return as the Lion of Judah. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 says, Because our Master Yeshua will himself descend from heaven with the mandate and with the voice of the chief messenger and with the trumpet or the shofar of Elohim, and the dead who are in the Mashiach will first arise, then we who survive and are alive will be caught up together with them to the clouds to meet our Master Yeshua in the air. And so we'll ever be with our Master. And then there are other scriptures that describe the Son of Man in heaven and the tribes of the land who will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven. That's from Matthew. According to tradition, during this time, Adonai's people are to concentrate all their efforts into making amends with their brethren, apologizing for past offenses, and preparation for the next feast of Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement. And we note that Yeshua has fulfilled the first four appointed times. Yom Teruah, trumpets will be the next one to be fulfilled because when the trumpets sound, those who have accepted Adonai as their God, along with his divine Messiah Yeshua, will be gathered and resurrected. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. And now here's Steve McConnell with Yom Teruah. Isaac bound by Abraham It seemed this sacrifice would be But God looked on the faith of Abraham A ram's horn caught meant Isaac would be scarred hands soon our God and King will reap the harvest from the land here oh Israel the Lord our God the Lord is one and at this turning of the 
I'd like to thank Excellent Air Heating and Cooling for sponsoring Bagels and Blessings. Give them a call today at 585-889-7840. They're a family-owned and operated business. Their prices are fantastic. They will take care of your air conditioner in the summer and your furnace in the winter. Give them a call today because they love the Lord and they are excellent. Excellent Air Heating and Cooling, 585 885- 889-7840. And now here's Ted Pierce with Awake. Stand arise. I say, awake, awake, put on your strength, oh Zion, put on your beautiful garments, oh Jerusalem, the holy city, shake off the dust and arise. Sing, oh heavens, be joyful, oh earth. And break out in singing, O mountains For the Lord has comforted His people Israel And He will have mercy on Zion Away! Away! Call on your God He will give an answer Call on your God He will answer you When you call on your God He will give an answer, call on your God Call on your God He will give an answer, call on your God He will answer you when you call on your God He will give an answer, call on your God In that day, in that day In that day will He answer you In that day In that day, in that day when you call on your God Call on our God, He will give an answer Call on our God, He will answer us When we call on our God, He will give an answer Call on our God In that day, in that day In that day will He answer us In that day, in that day, in that day when we call on our God, away!
out, sing, O oh heavens, be joyful, O oh earth, and break out in singing, O oh mountains, for the Lord has comforted His people Israel, and He will have mercy on Zion. Away! 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 Oh, Zion, away! Shalom, y'all. This is Ted Pierce coming from Texas. Don't change that dial. You are listening to my fabulous friend, Ethel Chadwick, on Bagels and Blessings. Tune in every week for the best in radio. Thank you. Well, if you want some really good information about the High Holy Days, Yom Teruah, the day of sounding the shofar, my rabbi, Jim Appel has written this great book. You can get it at Olive Press Publisher, or you can get it on Amazon. But everything you always wanted to know about Rosh Hashanah and more is in this book. It's a wonderful book, Rosh Hashanah, The Day of Sounding the Shofar by Rabbi Jim Appel. I also wanted to tell you that you heard me say in the beginning of the broadcast, Lashana Tova. Those of us that observe this holiday will greet each other with this phrase. It means good year or for a good year. And it's actually a shortened version of a greeting that we say, Lashana Tova Tikatevu. May you be inscribed and sealed for a good year. So just a little bit of information for you. But I do highly recommend this book by Rabbi Jim Appel. He's also written books on Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Pesach other holidays as well. So there you have it. And right now, more music coming your way. Here is Israel's Hope, the Day of the Lord. Trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. Bagels and Blessings is a ministry of Shema Yisrael Messianic Congregation. Your tax-deductible contributions will help keep this program on the air. Make checks out to Shema Yisrael, that's S-H-E-M-A-Y-I-S-R-A-E-L, and please put Bagels and Blessings on the memo portion of your check. Send your contributions to Bagels and Blessings, Post Office Box 192, Scottsville, New York, 14546-0192. And you're invited to come and experience Messianic worship in person Saturday morning at 10 a.m. 250 Edgewood Avenue in Brighton. I love what it says in Isaiah 61. 
The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. That's Isaiah 61, verses 1 to 3. Here's Marty Getz, the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me The Spirit of the Lord is upon me For the Lord has anointed me Yes, the Lord has anointed of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me. Yes, the Lord has anointed me. He sent me to preach good news to the poor and to bind up the broken in heart to proclaim his freedom to all who are bound, all who are bound. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Yes, the Lord has anointed me. He sent me to preach the year of His grace and that vengeance belongs to our God and to comfort all those who mourn and who grieve, all those who Morning, the oil of joy, and for the spirit of sorrow, the garment of praise. And they will be called the trees of righteousness planted by God's own hand, that He may be glorified. The Lord is upon me. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and my soul will exult in my God, for the Lord has anointed me. Yes, the Lord has anointed me. He sent me to preach good news to the poor and to bind up the broken in heart to proclaim his freedom to all who are bound, all who are bound. And I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, and my soul shall exult in my God, for he's clothed me with garments of his salvation, and wrapped me with the robes of his righteousness. Yes, upon me is the Spirit of the Lord. Yes, upon me is the Spirit of the Lord. He's anointed me with the Spirit 
feet of the Lord. And now here's Deborah Kleine and Turno. Now, here's my interview with Rick Fisher. Enjoy! Shalom, Rick Fisher. Welcome back to Bagels and Blessings. And it's wonderful to be back. How are you? I'm good. And you? I'm doing well. A little older, but still here. Eh. <laughs> so I was looking in the archives, and I can't believe it. It was 2012 when I first had you on the air, and it was also an interview done right here at the Messiah Conference. Yes, it was. So, a quick refresher, because we have a lot of really good stuff to get into. Were you raised in a Jewish home, and you want to briefly tell 
how you found Jesus. Okay. I was raised in a Jewish home and absolutely, totally disinterested and not searching at all for Jesus, Yeshua. I did not accept the Lord until I was 42 years old and actually probably was an agnostic right before I did. But what happened was somebody that I worked with, I was a teacher for 35 years and somebody that I was working with at the time who went to Beth Yeshua, who didn't happen to be Jewish, called me one summer and shared with me about Beth Yeshua. And I was so bewildered and baffled by what she said, I actually said to her, you're making this up. There couldn't be such a place. She asked me to go, and at first my answer was no. Then I said to her, if we can go to Jaime's for dinner first, I'll go, because it was right near there. So she said, sure. You're talking about Beth Yeshua, that, the congregation, yes, for the those that don't know what that means. Exactly. Right. And I went with her, totally turned off, totally turned off by all of it, and swore I would ne couldn't wait to get out of there. But on my way out, she had to go to the ladies' room, and I always say that, that call of nature is what got me saved, because while I was waiting for her, rabbi, assistant rabbi then, Jeff Foreman, found me in the hall. And he said to me, hello, I don't know you, and I said, no, you don't. He said, are you a believer in Yeshua? And I said, no, I'm not. He said, would you like to be? I said, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> and he said, why is that? And I said, because this isn't for Jewish people, and I'm just waiting for my friend so I can go home. And he, Jeff never gave up. And he said to me, um, can I at least give you a book to read? And the book was um, Yeshua the Messiah by David Chernoff. He said, can I at least give you a book? And I said, you can give it to me, but I'm not going to promise you that I'll read it. But the interesting thing about that was that that night, while I was talking to Jeff, as I was glancing around the room, I saw a friend of mine who I'd known my entire life there, and I was stunned that she was there. I couldn't believe she went to this place. And she came over and started to talk to me. And what I never found out until years later was that she gave Jeff my phone number. Oh. And Jeff started calling me every single week. Oh my goodness, how did you feel about that? Oh, the first time I was sort of fascinated. By the third time, I start, stopped answering my phone because I figured out that it was always a Tuesday night that he called. So I just let the messages go on Tuesday. And he continued to call for several weeks. Then he stopped. And then things quieted down a little bit. Then I went back there with Jill one time for a Seder. I was sort of curious how they would do it. Jeff was there. We talked briefly, uh, nothing happened. Then Jill, she was so persistent, she and Jeff together led me to the Lord. She insisted that I would love the group Lamb. So she got convinced me to go to the conference unsaved for two and a half days so I could see Lamb. Hated every minute of the conference. I was still a smoker. I was running into the woods, smoking every chance I could get. The only, I, I did love the dancing that went along with Lamb, to to me, the dance group danced with them. Little did I know, God has a sense of humor. I was in that dance group three years later and stayed in it for like 18 years. But that was about the only thing I liked. I went home. Jeff continued to call me. And I'll try to keep this a little brief. I don't want it to totally dominate, but this is an important part of it. Jeff would not give up on me. And I, at this point, I really, he was coming to my house every week doing Bible studies. Oh, he wasn't just calling anymore. No, he had started to go, he'd asked me if he could come, he bought me a Bible. He was driving a half an hour to my house. Every week he would give me homework. And he'd say, I want you to read this before I come back next week. And every week he would come and he'd say, did you do your homework? And I'd say, no. And he'd smile, be patient with me. Well, finally, about six weeks into this, he got a little frustrated and he said, Rick, I don't get it. He said, I pray about you every day. The Lord has told me that you will come to the Lord, to him. Yet, I'm getting nothing from you. Uh, what is the stumbling block? What's going on here? And we're sitting in my living room, and I looked at him. I waited about a minute, and I said, if you can tell me why six million Jews were killed in the Holocaust, then maybe I will begin to think about believing. But until you have an answer for me, I'm not interested. Oh no! What I mean? What did he say? Well, he looked, he sat and stared a little bit. Then he looked at me and said, "You know what, Rick?" He said, "Every person I ever worked with 
on this always has that question. He said, you took, every Jewish person, he said, it took you a little longer. And then he looked me right in the face and said, I wish I had an answer, but I didn't. And believe it or not, that's when my tolerance of Jeff, I mean, I didn't dislike him, but he was getting on my nerves because of, the, of this. I actually totally had a heart change with him because at least he was honest. He didn't yeah. start quoting all these scriptures that I wouldn't have known. But here's where the, the real thing happened. After we got done talking about that, he said, come over and sit by me. I want you to read something with me. And it was Isaiah 53. Ah. Which, to the, looking back, I don't know why he just didn't show me that the first time he came, but this was about the 10th time he'd been there. We read Isaiah 53. I immediately recognized Yeshua in that. But my immediate reaction was, oh no, this can't be true. Because if this is true, I will lose everybody in my life. And my life is over. That's how crazy I was. But I, somehow, I kept going. I started going to Beth Yeshua every week after that, unsaved for a long time, trying to figure it all out. And I started keeping a journal. And about two years ago, I reread that journal. And one of the things I thought was so interesting, in December of 1988, I guess it was, I wrote, you know, I'm starting to really like this Beth Yeshua place. The people are very warm, and I really feel comfortable there, except if they only didn't believe in Jesus, I, I'd be so happy. <laughs> and I continued to go. They had this play, Godspell, which I had seen on Broadway many years before. They did it at Beth Yeshua. And... I actually, during the altar call, the way David Chernoff, Rabbi David Chernoff, phrased it was, if you would consider knowing the Lord, I was ready to consider it. So I raised my hand. And he had said, with all eyes closed, raise your hand. Well, the minute he was done, Jeff Foreman ran over to me and said, did you accept the Lord? And I said, why? He goes, I saw your hand. I said, I thought all eyes were supposed to be closed. So he goes, I'm allowed to have mine open. I told him no, I did not, but I was going to try to understand better. And a couple months later, I um, I did accept a Passover Seder. I, I didn't feel that I was searching for anything, but somehow in my heart, I knew that this was the direction that I had to go. And it's been 33 years now, whatever. And there was, you know, some tribulation in the beginning. My family did not do well with it. And I, I can imagine. And I didn't know how to tell them. Now, this is a miracle of God. I didn't know how to tell my mother that I was a believer. You know, she, I was not living with them, and they didn't run my life in any way. But this was such a, a major life change, and they were very Jewish culturally. And I knew that they wouldn't like this at all. So I never said anything. But, well, three months later comes the Messiah Conference. In the past, I had always told my parents when I was going away where I'd be, so if there was an emergency, they could call or whatever. Well, I wasn't going to tell them I was in Messiah College. There was no way. So I, as a brand new believer, I lied. I told them I was going camping with a friend. Oh right then, they should have known that. Well, that's about the last <laughs> thing I would have been doing. But they seemed to accept it. They didn't, it didn't seem to phase them. Well, God took care of the whole problem. Midweek at the conference, Remember I mentioned that woman, Freda, that I saw the first night in Beth Yeshua? Yes. Her mother shows up at the conference, and her mother and my mother had been best friends uh -oh. since childhood. Uh-oh. So her mother walks in. She was up here because she was a professor, and she wanted to take Freda to lunch. She was in Harrisburg. She sees me. She goes, Ricky, what are you doing here? And I said, I, I'm part of this. She goes, your mother never told me. You were part of this. You didn't say I'm lost. This yeah, is isn't, right. isn't this the campgrounds? I'm looking for the campgrounds. <laughs> that, that should have been right. But anyway, she she acted very calm about it. But I knew what was going to happen. And sure enough, when I got home, there was a million messages. One of them said, "Call me the minute you get in." Uh oh. So I called. It was my mother, and, she, and the first thing she says is, "Why did we have to hear this from Polly and not you?" So I said, because I was trying to avoid the fight that we're about to have. And she goes, we're not going to have a fight. And the whole place exploded. She carried on about, do you know you're not Jewish anymore? And when you get tired of this, you're going to have to convert back to Judaism. She, 
I said, where are you getting all this information from, Mom? She goes, I called the American Jewish Congress, and I told them what you did, and I wanted to know all about this. I said, well, they're telling you a lot of lies. They told her that we went into nursing homes and convinced the older people to change their wills. I mean, they were giving her such stories, and she was buying into all of it. And event, you know, through the years, she'd softened quite a bit. But at, the, at that moment, but we never parted ways, if you know what I mean. I still was in the family, close to them, and did everything. But the, the one thing that she did say to me, and I, I honored it, she said, you cannot tell my friends and family and the family that, you, that you're involved in this. I don't want them knowing. And I felt like at this particular time in life, I would honor that. I know maybe God didn't think that was the right thing to do, but I prayed about it and I asked him to forgive me. And I, for years I didn't really tell, but people found out. I mean, it, eventually, and, and it just became, I was a records, you know, involved with this. But in the beginning, and she even calmed down because I, I had a couple birthday parties with a lot of people. They came, they got to meet a lot of the people in the congregation, including David, Chernoff, and all. And, she liked the people. She, she realized that the American Jewish Congress did not give an accurate description of who most of us were anyway. Wow. And that's how I got here, and that's it. Well, thank you for sharing that. In the time that we have left, I would like to hear about some of the things God has done in your life. And I know there's, there's a list, and yeah. we'll see how much we can get to, but you're a fascinating person. Like, folks, I'm on Facebook with Rick, and he has got the most interesting posts of anybody I've ever known in my life. Oh, well, thank you. But this is not about Facebook, is it? No, it's not. All right. And, I, and I looked at the list. It was, here's the one I'm going to share, because I think this is uh, so of God. This is the one. I was praying about this while I was waiting for you. My brother accepted the Lord two years before I did. Oh. In a, in a church. I was absolutely horrified. I, I could never repeat the language I said to him, including telling him that he, he put the nails in mom and dad's coffin. Oh I mean, that gosh. was horrible. And what had happened... Oh, the guilt, the he guilt. Had, he had just gone through a divorce, and he is living with another couple in Allentown where he worked. And this couple were born-again Christian, and they somehow got him to the church. Well, anyway, I immediately, as the older brother, I wanted to meet these people and see who these people are that took my Jewish brother and did this to him. So off we go. They were lovely people. I had a very negative attitude, but they were very lovely. And I spent a couple hours with them. So I didn't dislike them, but I did resent what they did. Then, of course, I accept the Lord a couple years later. Well, seven years after I accepted the Lord, Pam Blank and Glenn Blank invited me to spend a weekend in, the, in, their, in Allentown to do dance workshops because they were having a conference with the local churches and their congregation. So I go, and I'm there from Friday night till Sunday, and everything's beautiful, but on Sunday when I'm giving this message, I'm giving a testimony, and then teaching dance, I see this one woman who keeps sort of looking at me and indicating she wants to talk to me. I have no idea who she is. And so after I'm done, I walk over to her and she says, do you remember us? And I said, no, I don't. She goes, we're Wally and Ann. We're Scott. We're the people Scott lived with. And we are so thrilled that you are a believer. We didn't know. And she said, we, do you know how long we've been praying for you? And I said, oh my God. I said, this is amazing. Because I, it was so, I just didn't recognize him. It had been too long. But we hugged and, and she said, I just, we're just so thrilled that God did that. I'm sorry. We're so thrilled that God did this. Because Scott, we've lost touch with Scott. So we didn't know that, that you would have come to the Lord. And I, and I would have never thought to tell them. I, so that was something I thought was so orchestrated by God that I would see them. Oh, I don't think they're living anymore. But they got to see that blessing because they told me they were praying for me all the time. And you had no idea. None at all. They weren't even a thought in my mind. After, after, you know, once, and especially since I accept the Lord, I would have never had any resentment toward them. And is there time for another one? Or? Well, yeah, sure, go okay. ahead. Sure. The other one that I thought might be interesting was that um, the first, all right, this is another one of the, that type of story. I worked in a, in a school in the inner city for many years, and the teacher next door to me, she was older than me, and she suddenly passed away. I guess she was about 60. And even though the, her, she was African-American or 
plaque. I don't know what the proper term is today. But I went to her funeral and I was asked to speak. I was the only white person that spoke at the funeral. And I don't believe Betty was born again, but her, she had a born again daughter. But that meant nothing to me. This was in the 80s. I didn't know from that. After the funeral, we went back to the house and her daughter came up to me and said, Mr. Fisher, my mother loved you so much and I don't want you to burn in the lake of fire. And I looked at her and I said, Say what's what? the lake of fire? What's Say the what? lake of fire? So she goes, hell. And I said, well, why would I burn in the So she starts to share with me. Well, her father, who I know wasn't saved at the time anyway, sees this and comes over and goes, Leslie, leave Fisher alone, like that. So she walked away and she smiled and she started to send me things. Somehow she got my address and she was sending me tracks and I would throw them out. I, I wasn't interested. Seeds were planted. Yeah, I guess. But anyway, I would throw them out. Well, of course, I accept the Lord a couple, about five years later. And one day out of the blue, she came to my mind and her father was still alive. So I called him. I said, it's been a long time since we've spoken, but do you have Leslie's phone number? And he said, yeah, sure. She lived in North Carolina then. I called her. As soon as I told her who I was, first thing she said was, you accepted the Lord, didn't you? And oh. I said, yes, I did. That's why I'm calling you. I did like five years ago or six years ago. And she goes, I've been praying for you since the day that we met at my mother's funeral. This is just giving me chills. This should be an encouragement. Don't stop praying for people. Now, Look, Jeff, and I guess Jeff wouldn't mind me sharing this story, neither would Janet. I've been a believer for 33 years now. About 10 years ago, Janet Foreman, that's Jeff's wife, called me on the telephone one day and said, Rick, the Lord told me today that I need to apologize to you. So I said, for what? What did you do? She goes, many years ago when Jeff used to go to your house every week, he would get frustrated because you weren't making progress. And one day I said to him, you need to stop going to that Rick Fisher's house because he's never going to accept the Lord and there's other people that you need to be who are open. He is not open and you're making this long trip, etc., etc." And he looked at her and said, I will stop when the Lord tells me to stop. I oh. still believe that Rick will accept the Lord. Oh, that's amazing. And Janet, and I said, Janet, and I joked, I said, you're forgiven. I said, I totally get it. I said, you know, he was making going out of his way to come there. I wasn't a cooperative student at all. The, the only thing I did that was nice was I always gave him pretzels and Coke. And on the day that he would come, I would smoke outside because I didn't want him to smell smoke in my place. But he told me when I quit smoking, he said, Rick, I always knew you smoke. He said, I could smell it all in your, all in your place. But Jeff was so faithful, he never gave up on me gave up on me, Jill, the, the woman that originally took me to Beth Yeshua, and I know a lot of people when I was new in Beth Yeshua would come up to me and say, oh, you're Rick Fisher, we prayed for you, because it took me two years to accept mm -hmm. the Lord. This is such an encouragement because sometimes people that we pray for come to the Lord in two weeks, sometimes five months, sometimes 20 years. Sometimes in an instant. In an instant. I have a friend who was watching... Um, one of those, not um, Billy Graham, but a show like Billy Graham, Oral Roberts, and he accepted the Lord immediately watching that show. Amazing, amazing. And he's still a believer. Wow. I wish we had time for more on your list. We have to sort of yeah. wrap it up, but how would you like us to be praying for you, Rick? Okay. Uh, since you're asking, I'm 76 years old right now, so I'm not a young kid anymore. I would like to pray for more energy. That's the hardest part of aging is wanting to do everything you did before. I'm still dancing, I'm still leading the dance ministry at Messiah College, but I will say this is the last year I've, I've put in my retirement. I need A younger person needs to do it. But I still want to dance for the Lord, that's worship to me. So the energy to do that, the energy to be able to walk this campus when I come, I, I do it, but it, it, I look for the shortest ways to get to get around now instead of enjoying the walk. Suddenly it seems like it has more hills than it used to. <laughs> and, and they're not alive with the sound of music. That's no, true. Not. No, but you, that's exactly what I said yesterday. Were these, were these hills here years ago? They had to be. I just didn't notice them. Same here, yes. Because this is my 34th conference. Praise the Lord. And how many have you come to? 
I've been coming off and on since 87. Okay, around the But same. there were some years I didn't come, or some years I only stayed for a few, few days. Okay, because I, I know I've, I've known you from what, for a long time. Yeah. We're, growing, we're growing up together. I re yeah, I remember you. In one of the, if you remember the Wednesday afternoon things they would do in the, in the auditorium, it was like a talent show. And you were in it. I remember you, because you stood out. You had such a, a quality of your comedy. Your, you're sort of like Barbara Streisand. You say, you're saying I'm a kosher ham. Yeah, okay. You're like Barbara, you were like Barbara Streisand and Funny Girl. People, <laughs> people only people. But it yes. Was, yes. And I connect, always connect to the East Coast type of personality. That's, you like the theatrical people. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> but I, I always enjoy talking to you, and I always, and I do pray that the words that came out of my mouth, because this was not scripted, will encourage at least one person, hopefully a lot more. But if one person gets blessed, it's a it's a victory. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to do this. And you know, you might be seventy six. What'd you say? Six. But you look young to me. You look great. Oh, well, thank you. You know, and uh, we're not aging. No. Hey, hey. <laughs> so may the Lord bless you. May He grant you the desires of your heart. May He provide. May He give you favor. And may he increase your energy in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Thank Amen. you, Ethel. You're welcome. Thank you. Until next time. Shalom. Shalom. Well, that was truly a fun interview with my buddy Rick Fisher. And pray for him. You know, as many of us age, we do need more energy. So that's something you could pray for me, too. And thank you for listening to Bagels and Blessings. We definitely have time for some more music, so let me see what I can pull out of my hat. This is Joshua Aaron. He's coming again. My Savior King gave his life for me And I know he's coming back to bring me home I know he's coming again I know he's coming again Yes, I know he's coming again I know He's coming again, oh, He's coming again He's coming Then we'll sing some more We'll keep on singing till he comes again Until we reach the golden shores We'll keep on singing till he comes again Then we'll sing some more We'll keep on singing till he comes again then we'll sing forevermore Yes, we
coming again, oh, he's coming again, yes, he's coming again, he's coming again, he's coming again. Well, this is Joshua Aaron, and you are listening to Bagels and Blessings. So absolutely, we believe that he is coming again. And earlier in the broadcast, I quoted 1 Thessalonians 4.16, but I want to quote 4.17. It says, After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. And during this season of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, the High Holy Days, the Days of Awe, we're getting pretty introspective and we're thinking about repentance. So the question I have for you is, are you ready? If you were to meet Yeshua today, are you ready? And we have to live our lives holy and set apart. We have to remember daily that we're ambassadors of Yeshua. All that we do and say should reflect the Lord. And if we're doing things that do not bring glory to Adonai, that is the time to repent. So let us examine ourselves and let us become clean before the Lord. And now here's Greg Silverman. Search me, O God. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. This is Ethel Chadwick saying, Shalom Alechem, peace be with you. Remember, every day of your life is an opportunity to be a blessing to someone. Thank you so much for listening to Bagels and Blessings. Shalom. Shalom.